Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang, Oh My Gosh, Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. Well, right now, I am thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Natasha Ickes Saman, and her winning book is titled Overcoming. Born and raised in Oakland, California, Natasha learned the importance of resilience at a young age. As a teen, she struggled with homelessness, addiction, and a suicide attempt. By her early 20s, she was determined to turn her life around. With faith, hard work, and a radical shift in mindset, she created the life of her dreams. She opened Sheer Passion Hair Salon at 25 years old, which is still successfully running today. She continued to conquer life, one fun challenge at a time, while helping other women to do the same. She is a two-time best-selling author, a certified coach, an NLP practitioner, and founder of Manifesting Miracles. And whether providing free haircuts in homeless shelters or creating amazing results through her coaching, Natasha's mission is to have a positive impact on everyone she encounters. And I know she's going to have a positive impact on us today. It's an honor to share her with you. Welcome to the network, Natasha. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. It is so nice to meet you, and I just appreciate you and your platform. Oh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate you and your platform. So it's a good, it's a good new friendship. And I want to say (laughs) (laughs) congratulations on the book win. That was exciting for me to share with you. Oh, I was so incredibly excited. You know, as authors, I think so many people have a story they want to share. So many people have something that they want to say. And at least for myself, I was thinking, is anybody going to care? Is anyone going to connect with my story? Am I going to be able to write it in a way that other people can feel the emotions behind it and can really connect to what it is I'm saying? And it has just taken off so much better than I ever would have imagined. And winning, you know, your award, I won two other awards, and it's just been such a beautiful, beautiful journey. Oh, through these Firebird Book Awards, I am finding more and more people coming to us with books that are memoir-driven, with stories and backgrounds and experiences that you couldn't even dream up. And the willingness to be so open and share with people whom they will never know in the hopes that their message will help others just Gives me goosebumps. I, I have it while I'm saying these words to you. It is, it is just so humbling and just, I can't put it into words how beautiful an experience it is for me to meet all of these folks who share themselves like you do. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I have been obsessed with books my entire life. And even as a kid, I remember I would like ride my bike down to the local uh, library and the different bookstores, and I would spend hours in Barnes and Nobles just reading. And when I was a kid, of course, it was different genres that really kind of held my attention. But as I became a teenager and a young adult and moving through adulthood, really memoirs was something that just absolutely gravitated. I was gravitated towards. And What I found was that, and there wasn't one type, one particular background, one type of person or one type of story, but for me personally, it was just 
getting a window into the soul and the life and the experience mm-hmm. of so many different people in parts of the world that I may never be um, living lives I may never know anything about outside of how they were willing to be open and vulnerable and share with me. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of why later on I wanted to share my own story because things like this have helped me so much in the process of my life. Oh, I get that so much. And don't those kind of books and stories just stay with you for your whole life? They might pop into your mind at random points in time. And it's amazing the staying power that they have. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they always, my family laughs when we travel. Um, I always am grabbing a new memoir when we go. And sometimes even on our last trip, we just returned home from a two-week vacation. Um, and I picked up one that I read literally maybe 15 years ago, um, this autobiography of Asada Shakur. And I picked it up and I put it in my bag and I've been reading back through that one. So sometimes in different points of our lives, we kind of circle back to old books and old memories. That is so, so true. Oh, I love this conversation. Thank you. (laughs) Already. All right. Well, let's talk about your book. Um, As we said, it is a memoir. Give us a peek. Okay. So essentially my book, which some of that you heard through the bio, was really a deep dive into my experiences, but also the bigger picture, right? Because I think that at some point we're all going to go through some sort of trauma, some sort of difficulty, because that's just a part of life. It's a universal thread in the human experience. And so I tried to share that through my own story of dealing with abandonment as a young girl, which led to depression, addiction, multiple suicide attempts, um, and just years of feeling very lost. And then figuring out how to pull myself out of that depression and instead turn that energy into something positive as a motivating force to create the life that I wanted to live. Was there any turning point moment where you felt, oh, I have to write this? And if so, was it for your benefit? Did you feel like you needed to write it for cathartic purposes or to help others? You know what? So it's so, okay. I own a hair salon, right? And it's super, super booked. Like I book out several months in advance. Um, I take anywhere from like 10 to, well, 7 to 13 clients a day. 10 is an average. And so I just have a, a huge flow of clientele. So even though I actually started writing a book when I was young, like 12, right, that I obviously never finished, and I had some poetry published when I was super young, I always put that on the back burner. And I always said, one day, once I've, you know, when I'm done with work and I'm retired, I'll write a book. And then COVID happened. And I think for a lot of us, COVID gave us a moment and a time to really sit down reflect, and have some time to do the things we just didn't have time for before. And so during that period, I wrote my book, and I thought it would be something that my children would have to look back on me later, right? Just something to have a deeper insight into who I am. And then I said, well, I spent all this time and energy writing, checking with my family members and friends to make sure that the facts that I'm saying are accurate, looking at old diaries. I said, let me put it out there and hope that just one person, just one, is touched by it. And I was floored. I mean, there were women from as far as Sweden and South Africa that were literally emailing me and reaching out to me, telling me how much they related to my story. And I just, I was in awe. Here's a thought that just occurred to me, as I'm sure that folks who are listening who are authors might want the answer to. How did you get it out there? What did you do so that people in Switzerland found out about it. What was your method of, say, marketing? 
Right. So that was a brand new thing for me, too. In 10 years in my hair salon, I've never marketed. It has all been word of mouth. And because I have such a large clientele base and they've just become like family, we're really, really close, it was actually my clients that kick-started that for me first. So one of my clients knew I wrote the book. I was too shy to even put it out there. And she posted it online on a Saturday morning. Before I knew it, by the afternoon, it had hit a number one new release in like two or three different categories. <laughs> and, you know, as an author, we, we kind of play around with that, right? You look at categories, you're not going to put your book in the largest category ever because you don't want to go up against a Barack Obama or somebody like that. But even in the larger categories that I was just like, oh, people are looking for memoir, it was hitting number one new releases in that. And so then I thought, okay, how do I get the word out there? So what I started doing was doing like writing articles or doing press releases. I did both in different local newspapers and different larger newspapers and publications. And really Fiverr is a phenomenal source for authors. I've written articles for the LA Tribune and the Hudson Weekly, all through people I found on Fiverr that just had the connections to get my articles out there. And then people started reaching out to me because they'd heard of my book or wanted to interview me or whatever else. That's fascinating how it was an organic marketing plan that you didn't even, you weren't even aware of. In the beginning, Uh right? In the very beginning. And then I got motivated and inspired by the feedback, by Mm -hmm. people telling me, you know, calling me literally in friends and family that I knew, calling me in tears, clients. I remember one client, she said, well, I bought the book because it's from you and you're my friend. She said, and then I read it. And so then I made all my girlfriends buy a copy so that we could have something to chat about over lunch. And I was like, oh, my God. And another client who is a principal at a a school, at a local high school, and she was like, I petitioned for your book to be a part of the required curriculum. And so it was like, oh, my gosh. And so that motivated me to actually do the grind work and to reach out to people on Fiverr and to pay to put articles in different magazines and to do podcasts and apply for awards for the book because you just have to keep talking and putting your book out there so it can get into the right hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating, fascinating. Another question I know people are going to ask, what is the process on Fiverr? So you reach out to folks and pay them to put the uh, put an article in a contact that they might have? Right. So when I was doing my research, how do you get your, how do I write an article and put it into a large, you know, magazine and so or a publication? And so what I came across was two main ways, and I'm sure there's more, but this is just the information I have. So one, they said you can actually look in a big magazine like Elle or Cosmopolitan or Ebony or whatever, and you can actually look up who wrote the article, find them on social media, reach out to them and see if they can help you in some sort of contact to possibly get your articles in the magazine. Me, I am so incredibly busy in the salon, and I just, that felt overwhelming for me. And so for me, I came across Fiverr, which is a large um, online network, right? So it's a website where you can go and you can sign up, and you can find what they call different gigs. So let's say you go under the gigs and you enter um, publish my article. Then you'll see people that have connections to major publications, and you pay a small fee, 25 bucks, maybe $30. You write your article. You submit it to them. They put the article out, and now your name is in a major publication. So for me, it, it was a quicker way. I'd rather pay the 25 and not, you know, kind of shorten some of those steps. Right, right, right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure folks are going to yes. be questioning, <laughs> questioning how that happened. Wow. So... 
as you were writing it, and you know, you're absolutely right about during the pandemic, it was quite a time otherwise, but the silver lining was that it did give people time to be home and reflect and actually have the time to maybe do some of the things that they were unable to do too. And, and so traumatized perhaps as well that it gave them that opportunity to look in and then speak up and out. So uh, I'm happy that you took advantage of that time to do this. Yes. <laughs> yep. How was it to relive some of those experiences as you were writing? I imagine that was pretty emotional as well. You know what? I was actually surprised that I did have a few moments of getting emotional because really the things I was writing about are things that I have healed from really so, so long ago. I mean, I had to move past that in order to be happy, to be joyful, to move through life in an effective way. And so for me, I didn't think that it was going to be emotional. And there were certain pieces and certain things I guess I had tucked away in my memory. And as I was interviewing family and friends and looking through diaries, it brought up memories that I guess I had conveniently forgot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was a little emotional, but it, it actually just felt good. It felt good. I bet to get it out. What did your What was the reaction of your family? Well, um, most very support, everybody was supportive, but it was a little difficult for my mom. Mm -hmm. um, I was raised primarily by my father. And my mom and I got really close as an adult or when I was an adult. And so that was something I wrestled with. That was actually my biggest block between ever writing the book because I never wanted to hurt her or bring up things that, that would create a, a divide within our relationship. But she took it really well. She's been a huge supporter. I also didn't put everything in there. I'm not trying to, every memory doesn't need to be relived. I put just enough so that people can get a glimpse and understand how I felt. Mm -hmm. But I only included the things that I felt were a part of my journey and my story. Some of her things didn't need to be shared. Mm -hmm. So I think I was able to find a balance and she was able to be supportive. Oh, excellent. I'm glad that that still kept you bonded. Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, let's talk about your Manifesting Miracles program, because that's a culmination of all that you've been through and, and what you're putting out there to help others. Absolutely. So it's interesting, right? I signed up for this like spiritual workshop, went through it, really connected with the leader of the workshop. Her name is Mahima. And she ended up coming into my salon to get her hair done. And we're chatting and talking. And she's like, you know, if you could do anything, what would it be? I'm like, I'm doing it. She was like, are you sure? Like, I'm doing it. Long story short, after working with her for about a year, I started to realize that the thing I love most about the salon is my connection with the clients, the transformation, the conversations that happen in and out of the chair. And as I thought about that and the advice that people often came to me for, I realized that I wanted to launch a new program that very specifically helps primarily women step into the next version of themselves. So where am I now? Am I really living my passion? Do I really understand my purpose? And that can change throughout your life. But am I living my passion and my purpose? And how, if I'm not, how do I get there and get there quickly? Such a beautiful, beautiful thing. How does that work? So the way that we do that is through either one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do three group coaching cohorts per year. And I'm looking at eventually launching some masterminds, some getaways, things like that. But right now, it's primarily through the coaching. I do offer a free um, three-part mini course. So it's three short videos, and it's called The Art of Manifestation. And it very simply breaks down 
how you identify the goals that you want to achieve and how you achieve them quickly and really understand and breaking down energy and how you're able to bring quite easily to you the things that you want in your life. Short videos, but very powerful steps. I always say simple enough for a 12-year-old, but powerful enough for you to use for your entire life. Excellent. How long have you been doing that? Oh, gosh, I guess, well, 2020. So it's only been a few years, the beginning of 2020. And it seems like it's really taking off. Oh, my gosh, it's been amazing. So I, these speaking engagements have been taking off. I'll be doing a TEDx talk in September. Um, the second one I got invited to do, the first one got shut down due to the pandemic. I recently got back from speaking in Paris at an event. Um, and I just meet different women who are like, Hey, this is where I am. This is where I want to go. How can we shorten the gap? How can we make this process easier? And I've had some really phenomenal results from clients I've worked with. So it has been such a rewarding journey. So, so rewarding. You know, you mentioned what you liked best about the salon was the conversations with your clients. And often when I'm in the salon, I just sit and watch. And I think about how these stylists are therapists. Many of them don't really realize (laughs) that. I, I see them listening with half an ear. But the clients sit in those chairs. It's almost like confession you know they sit in that chair and put on that robe and all of a sudden I just hear people (laughs) I hear people saying things that I'm sure that they're if they actually knew that they were saying it they might even be surprised that they're divulging this information to someone who is cutting their hair I also think it is such an important responsibility of the stylist and I sometimes feel sad when I see stylists that don't realize that they're just oh yeah okay Mm -hmm. and they're looking away and not paying attention as somebody tells them something that is extremely important. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's what it's about. Everybody wants to feel heard and nobody wants to feel judged, right? So there's a certain level of responsibility, as you said, that comes with people opening up to you in any capacity and not only not telling other people, not talking about it when they're gone, withholding and keeping that information sacred, but doing your best to not judge and to listen and to provide any bit of advice if it's you know, if it makes sense, that could be helpful in the situation. I've had clients call me literally in the middle of the night in tears. I've had clients calling me through breakups. Um, one was on the verge of suicide. She called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. And for positive things, I've gone to wedding. Even a couple of weeks ago, one of my little clients, she asked me to be her godmother. Oh. So we went and did that in the church. So there's good and bad, but you have to take it very seriously mm-hmm. when people are opening up their spirit and their emotions to you. Yes. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned someone called you for suicide. They were contemplating suicide. I I remember a story uh, of of this one stylist who a gal came and was sitting in the chair and was feeling down, I guess, didn't didn't really explain what was going on in her life. But the woman who was doing her hair was just very kind and uplifting and just made her look beautiful. And about a week later, the the client came back to her and said, I just want to let you know, I was getting my hair done that day because I was going to go home and, you know, end things. And because oh of God. our because of our conversation, you made me feel so good that I'm still here. And I just thought, oh, wow. what, what what a powerful story and a reason to show up every day and listen to people. Wow. 
Oh, that gave me goosebumps yeah. hearing that. That is amazing. Yeah. You don't know. It's funny you say that. So my stepmother's grandfather, I just call him my grandpa, one day he was walking in San Francisco, which is where we live, um, and he, he would always stop and chat with different people on the bridge. And one day he was talking to somebody, and it turns out that person was going to end their life, and he, they ended up confessing that during that conversation. And his kindness and him listening and being there changed their mind. And ever since then, he would literally speak to every single person he could whenever he crossed that bridge. And I just think about that, and I've heard stories of that, too, all over the world where people will go out knowing that people often go to bridges to end their lives. And they'll go and they'll talk and be kind and be open and be there. You don't get to choose if you affect people, only how you affect them. I remember reading that quote years ago. I don't remember who, who said it, but it's true. And we have to make sure that we always show up as the kindest, best version of ourselves we can. We're not perfect, but we can always be kind. Oh, so, so true. And you don't have to have a job where you're actually listening to people. As you said, you could just smile at somebody in the grocery store or say something positive to somebody who's passing by or whatever, and you have no idea what impact that makes on them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh such an important conversation. Thank you. Um, tell us about your haircut project for homeless. I think that is very touching as well. Oh, I love it. So about a year after I opened my salon, um, I got a random phone call from a woman named Rebecca B. Um, Beardsley, and she was creating this opportunity for different stylists and salon owners to come in together throughout the Bay Area and provide free haircuts for the homeless. And so her program is called Haircuts with Heart. And we've done everything from literally setting up with generators on the street near the homeless encampments because there's a lot of them in the Bay Area. Um, the housing market has just gone up. People have been pushed out of their homes, and there's just so many homeless encampments. Other times we've gone into homeless shelters, boys and girls clubs, and even the local Kaiser, where we did a prom for children who are chronically and terminally ill and just beautified them and made them so wonderful. And it has been just, it has just been such a rewarding experience to not only pamper people and make them look good externally, but to let them feel heard Mm -hmm. because it is difficult to have your very existence be a bother. They're asking for change and people are irritated by you asking them and just trying to avoid you. So to just say, how are you? How was your day? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about yourself. People, you see the change in them yes. in those moments. Oh, such a beautiful, beautiful project because maybe once somebody feels good about themselves or they look in the mirror and they think, wow, look at me, I I could do this. It just might give them hope to move forward and try to get out of that situation if possible. It's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful message. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoy it. I always say they give me more than I give them. I'm sure. They remind me to be grateful for what I have um, and to just just feel blessed at all times. It it could always be worse. Yep, absolutely. All righty, let's get back to your book for a minute. Tell us about the cover. Where did the cover art come from? So um, there's uh, actually a website called 99designs, and it's a phenomenal place. And so what you do, Fiverr also does website, uh, not website, sorry, they do do websites, but they also do book cover design. But 99designs, when you go on there, you maybe say an idea of what your aesthetic is, right? What do I like? What, is, what do I have in mind? 
And then you put a project out there and a bunch of artists actually bid on it. So I put out my idea, which at the time was actually different. I wanted like a young girl, kind of big curly hair, kind of turning away from the book cover. And that's what I put. And I had about 15 different artists that created something that they submitted. And this particular artist went somewhere different with it, and it just spoke to me. And I said, oh, my God, this is the one. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. You know it when you see it, don't you? Yes. (laughs) Excellent. And it was wonderful because it wasn't even my idea. And that's the beauty of of this particular site is that you allow artists to be themselves. They Mm. may see, they may hear what you want and be able to expand on a vision beyond what you ever had in mind. Oh, I, I think that's a great idea uh, because often as the author, you're way too close to it to even see what the possibilities are. And you, yeah. yes, <laughs> and you put that out to someone who is an artist and uh, let them use their imagination and their interpretation. And you're right. Often it's just so much better than you might have imagined by yourself. Yes. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. All righty, my friend, as we begin to wrap up, I want to make sure that we're not missing anything that you wanted to highlight today. We have not. We've covered so many phenomenal things. I really just want to thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. I do want to encourage people to always just step out on your dreams. You know, if there's something that has been placed in your spirit, placed in your heart that you want to do and it terrifies you, Get excited because that probably means you're on the right path. Take that leap of faith and just do it. And the the last thing I do want to say that I I really like to stress to anyone I work with, anyone I encounter, because people are always so focused on, like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? To simplify it, what do you love? Like, what is your passion? What lights you up? And then how can you use that to make the world a better place? In my mind, that's your purpose. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you guys to follow that as you go forward. Oh. Excellent, excellent. And if you would then share where folks can find out more about you, purchase your book, and anyone who might be interested in your Manifesting Miracles program to take a peek into that and perhaps work with you and you know you will help them find their purpose and to be a happy and fulfilled and beautiful person like yourself. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, so my last name is super unique. It's long, but let's just start with the maiden name. I-C-K-E-S, Ickes. If you put in Natasha Ickes, I'm the only one who's going to pop up. My name is Natasha Ikesaman. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, um, my website, and then you'll see the link to the free downloads and see what fun things we have in store. All right. So it's Natasha Ikesaman. Let me spell it. Natasha, as you normally would spell it, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, Ikes, I-C-K-E-S, Saman, S-A-M-A-N. NatashaIkasSaman.com. You, my friend, are a beautiful soul. Um, when I went to your website and saw your picture, I just smiled. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for finding us and keep up the awesome work. Let's stay in touch and you're always welcome here. Let's do it. Bye. <laughs>